If you would please take your Bibles and turn to the book of Ephesians chapter 1. Ephesians chapter 1. And as you are turning, let me share with you that I, I thank you, Sue, because you just went right along what I'm going to be sharing this morning, so that's good. Most people have stepped into 2022 with uh, the idea, or at least hoping, that things are going to be better in 2022 than they were in 2021. Amen? Many have already identified changes or uh, specific things that they want to change in their life. It could be all kinds of things. Some people say they want to lose weight. Some people say they want to clear off the lower 40. Some people say they want to uh, get a better job or do uh, uh, be a better parent or whatever it might be. There are all kinds of different things that people... Uh, make commitments in the early part of the new year. And a few years ago, I read an article by a well-known psychologist, and he said the best advice that he had ever given to anybody to help them along with these changes they want to make in their lives is to set personal goals talking about goals this morning, promises to God. You've heard me quote my dad many times that if you aim at nothing, you'll hit it every time. And uh, <clears throat> so I believe personal goals are important to us. I believe they help us, but unfortunately, as... Others have mentioned this morning, a lot of times the goals that we state at the very beginning of each new year, most of those goals uh, seem to pass by the wayside in a couple of months or maybe even a few weeks or maybe even a few days, but that's not the kind of goals I'm talking about setting this morning. Today I want to talk to you about spiritual goals, spiritual dimensions and what we want to bring into our lives. The goals you set in faith are the ones that uh, I believe are going to make a big difference in your life and in the life of those that are around you. The title of my message this morning is simply the question, why? I want to share with you this morning some reasons why it is good to set goals. Sometimes people have an aversion to setting goals because simply because they know so oftentimes they go by the wayside, especially you know, when they're called New Year's resolutions. I mean, resolutions are okay, but that's not what I'm talking about this morning. I'm talking about setting goals for your life and putting parameters around those goals so we can have a specific thing that we're talking about in a specific time by which to accomplish it. Now, there are several reasons why goal-setting Faith goal setting are good for us and good for the kingdom, good for our churches, good for our families, and good for our individual lives. And the first thing that I want to share with you this morning is that goal setting is a spiritual discipline. Now, when you talk about the kind of goal setting that I'm speaking of this morning, and I'm not talking about just things that come to our mind or things that I would like to see happen this year, but we set specific goals to accomplish in our lives that will enhance 
our relationship with the Lord and our relationship with those that are around us. I want to tell you this morning that one of the reasons we ought to be setting goals is because it really is a spiritual discipline. When you talk about the kind of goals that I'm talking about and we look at the spiritual nature of it and the spiritual importance of it, you can see that setting those types of goals are a spiritual discipline, just like prayer and Bible study help us to grow spiritually. Uh, Setting faith goals help us to become more like Christ, and I'll be talking more about that in a little bit. But did you know that even God sets goals for himself? Did you know that? That God sets goals for himself? And if we are made in the image of God, if we want to become more Christ-like, if we're going to be the way God is, if he sets goals, don't you think we ought to set goals for ourselves? Amen? Let me show you a verse of Scripture, or really two verses of Scripture, and you have to, you have to dig deep for this, okay? But it's found in the book of Ephesians chapter 1, verses 9 and 10. Let me read those to you. Ephesians chapter 1, verses 9 and 10. He says, having made known to us, this is talking about God, having made known to us the mystery of his will according to his good pleasure, now look at these words here, which he purposed in himself, which he purposed in himself. Now let me share with you what he means by that. What does it mean to purpose something in yourself? That means to set a goal. That means that I am going to do this. This is something I'm going to do. You set a goal, and God set a goal within himself. He purposed in himself that in the dispensation of the fullness of the times, that means at the end days, he made a goal within himself. He purposed, he decided this is something I'm going to do when the end of time comes to be. He says that he might gather in one all things in Christ, both which are in heaven and on earth in him. In other words, God purposed in himself, he thought to himself, he decided in himself that at the end of days, I'm going to gather everything that is of Christ together with Christ, in Christ. And so so if God is a goal setter, we are made in his image and we ought to be goal setters as well. It is a spiritual discipline. It's not just something, a psychological tool. It's not just a way of getting things done. It is a spiritual discipline to set goals in our lives. Now, let me dig deeper in that as we go on to the rest of the points of what I want to to share with you. Not only is it a spiritual discipline, but goals help us to focus our energy. Goals help us to focus our energy. You've heard it said that diffused energy doesn't have much of an impact. If you get caught off guard doing all kinds of different things, if you, if you uh, spend all of your time running after this and that and the other and all kinds of stuff and you're scattered all over, you scatter yourself too thin, you're not going to be effective on any single thing. You may get a lot of things done okay, but you're not going to get the main thing done very well. When we set goals in our lives, if they're faith goals, or if they are spiritually guided goals, if they're God-inspired goals, then we focus our energy on that, and focused energy has enormous power. 
Let me give you another verse. It's found in the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 9 and verse 26. I think, I think Thomas has this verse, but it's the apostle Paul, and he's talking about his goals. He's talking about focusing his energy, and this is what 1 Corinthians 9, 26 says. It says, therefore I run this way, not with uncertainty, and I fight not as one who is beating the air. I run this way not with uncertainty, and I fight not as one who is beating the air. Now, you have to really kind of dig into that to see what the Apostle Paul is saying there. And what he's saying is he sees when he runs, he sees the finish line. He's got the finish line up in front of him, and uh, we're going for that finish line. And I'm not going to let anything distract my attention. If you look at the Olympics and stuff, and of course we're starting our Winter Olympics in a couple of weeks from now, and when you watch those guys, especially the speed skaters or the downhill racers and the, and the slalom, they know what they're going to do, and they're focused. They get everything else out of their minds, and they focus on that target, and boy, they let go, and they don't stop until they reach their goal. The Apostle Paul says, in my spiritual battle, in this life that we're living, where I want to be crucified with Christ, but nevertheless I live, but the life that I now live, I live in Christ Jesus my Lord. In that battle for life, Paul says, I'm focused. When I run, I'm not just running in circles. I've got a goal to reach, and I've got that ahead of me, and I'm going to reach that goal. He says, when I fight, I don't just beat the air. You ever seen these people that shadow box, you know, and uh, they're shadow, and they're just, they're just beating the air. Apostle Paul says, when I fight, I'm not just beating the air. I'm not just shadow boxing. He says, I've got an opponent, and my goal is to overcome that opponent. I'm not just playing games. I'm not just jumping rope. I have got a goal. It's my purpose to overcome whatever this situation is that is in front of me. And I'm not here just the shadow box. I'm here to defeat that opponent. And folks, that's what the Apostle Paul is trying to tell us. He wasn't running in circles. He wasn't fighting ghosts. He had a purpose and he was moving. He was working toward that goal. So many times we spend so much energy on things that really don't matter a whole lot. Amen? We do a lot of stuff over things that really just don't matter a whole lot. And uh, God has some specific things. He wants us, He wants us to be doing. Let me ask you a question this morning why are you here why do you come to hebron baptist church why is hebron baptist church even here what is the goal what is the mission what is the ministry of hebron baptist church well, I can give you a simple answer because Jesus tells us exactly what our mission is. As a matter of fact, it's in the last chapter of the Gospel of Matthew and Christians for centuries have called it the Great Commission. In Matthew chapter 28 and verse 19 and 20, it says, Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things 
that I have commanded, and lo, I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. Now, that is the mission of Hebron Baptist Church. That's the reason that we are here. That's the goal that is before us. Go, therefore, and make this up. Now, there are three parts to that commission. There are three things that it says that we're to do. Number one, we are to go and make disciples. We are to reach people for Jesus Christ. We are to be sharing the good news of Jesus Christ in the power of the Holy Spirit, leaving the results to God because it's only He that can make the difference, but we, our job, is to make sure that we go and share the gospel of Jesus Christ. Then, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Folks, listen to me. What it's talking about there is that we need to, once we reach those people for Christ, we need to bring them into the church. That's what baptism is all about. That's the reason we say here in Baptist Church is really to be a, quote, member of the church. Anybody can come and you're welcome and everybody is uh, welcome here. But to be a, quote, member of the church, you're to be baptized. Baptized by immersion in Hebron Baptist Church. It doesn't have to take place here, but you have to be a baptized believer to be, quote, to be a, quote, member of the church. So he says, go and make disciples, share the gospel, reach people for Jesus, bring them into the church, and the third thing is to teach them. That's what being a disciple is all about. A disciple is a learner. We are to teach them all that I've commanded. You say, man, that's a big task, Brother Russell. Yeah, it is. And the only way we're going to do it is through the help of the Holy Spirit. And that's why he says, and lo, I am with you, even to the end of the age. It's not something we do on our own. It's something that we do in Christ Jesus. So, so it helps us. Listen, as a church... Can I say that every single thing we do here at Hebron Baptist Church ought to have the end of reaching people for Jesus, bringing them into the church, and teaching them to obey all the things that God has commanded us. That ought to be the bottom line goal of every single thing that we do here at Hebron Baptist Church. There's another verse that I want to share with you. It's found in the book of Ephesians, just over a few chapters. In Ephesians chapter 5, verses 15 and 16. Let me see if I can get to that. Ephesians chapter 5. I'm going the wrong way. I'll get to it in here's Ephesians 1. Ephesians chapter 5, verses 15 and 16. See then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise. See that you walk circumspectly. That means circumspectly. It means... See that you walk with great care. Walk with great care. In other words, pay attention to what you're doing. See that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise. And then this, redeeming the time because the days are evil. What does he mean there when he says redeeming the time because the day, he's saying, make the most. That redeeming the time, it means to make the most of the opportunities that you have. To make, that, listen, 
Time is starting to get short. The days are evil. Make the most of the opportunities that you have. And we have all kinds of opportunities around Hebron Baptist Church. And what he's saying is be careful how you walk. Be careful how you, how you live your lives. Be careful that you're focused on the right thing. And uh, take advantage of all of the opportunities that you have because God brings into our presence day by day opportunities to be, uh, uh, to be faithful to him. And he says, take care how you walk that you can redeem, you can make the best of the opportunities that God has given you. Why do we set goals? One, because they are spiritual disciplines. Number two, because it helps us to focus our energy. And number three, we set goals because goals help stretch our faith. Goals are statements of faith that uh, affirm our trust in God. When you set a goal to accomplish something by a certain date, you're doing that in faith. You see, folks, listen. We can dream until Jesus comes back. But dreams are not going to do us any good unless we wake up and go to work. Amen? Dreams, just dreams themselves, don't do us any good unless we wake up from those dreams and go to work. Goals, on the other hand, are specific and they're measurable. In fact, when we place those parameters around our goals, by that I mean setting time limits on those goals, then that makes those dreams, those desires, those hopes, it changes them into steps of faith when we put parameters around it. You know what Jesus said? Jesus said, according to your faith, be it unto you. According to your faith, be it done unto you. He doesn't say according to your ability. He doesn't say according to your strengths, be it done unto you. He doesn't say according to your resources, be it done unto you. But he says according to your faith, be it done unto you. We're not, it's not according to our abilities. It's not according to our strength. It's according to our faith. That's what a faith uh, goal is all about, that we're setting goals. Think about it. Think about it for a minute. How much faith does it take? Listen to me on this. How much faith does it take to accomplish something you already know you can accomplish? It doesn't take any faith. You're walking by sight, not by faith. If you know you can do something, sometimes people don't want to attempt things for God unless they know they can get it done. That doesn't take faith. That's not a faith goal. That's resting on your own abilities and your own strength. We haven't really trusted God until we have done something that there was no way that we could do it on our own. Amen? You understand what I'm saying? We have to attempt something that we don't think we can do on our own. That's when faith kicks in. The goals that you and I set that are beyond what we can do in and of ourselves, those are the kind of goals that, will, that God will use to change our lives. That means taking risks. That means taking risks. Folks, listen to me. If we don't take risks as an individual 
or as a church? Our goals are too small. If we know we can do it, then that goal is too small. We need to start trusting God to do things that we don't think we can get done on our own and allow God to to do use his mighty power to confirm and to affirm his people going far beyond what they think that they're able to do. That's what he's done all through history and that's what he wants to continue to do in your life and my life. Why do we set goals? Because it's a spiritual discipline, because it's a focus, it focuses our energy, because it stretches our faith and goals, listen to this, goals help build our character. Goals help build our character. Let me share something with you this morning that you may not have thought about. The best, listen to this, the best part of goal setting isn't what you're going to accomplish. The best part of goal setting isn't what you're going to accomplish. The best part of goal setting is what God accomplishes in you while you're trying to accomplish that. Amen? Hey, there's been a thousand movies that use that exact same plot. It's not, it's not the goal that is before us. It's what God does in us. Just give you a couple of examples. Any of you watch Braveheart? Any of you see the movie Braveheart? His goal was to seek revenge for his father's death. That's what his goal He wanted to seek revenge against the king of England because of how they slaughtered his family. And he set out to do it. And in all of that struggle, it's what got... It's what God did in him is what the movie is all about. Amen? The changes that were made in Mel Gibson's character in the movie, that's what, that's what the theme is all about and how it brought him to be a patriot, not a vengeance-hungry uh, uh, warrior, but a patriot to his nation that he was willing to give his life. Remember at the end? Man, all he wanted, it, it, it went from revenge to freedom for his people. God made that change. He used that same theme in the movie The Patriot. Did you watch The Patriot? Boy, he was filled with vengeance. See, he wasn't going to be a part of the Civil War. He didn't want any part of it until they shot his son right in front of him. Then that made the change in his character, right? And, and boy... Boy, he, he, was, he was going to get them. But the whole movie is about the change that was brought about in his character and how he started to be caring more about his family and, uh, and uh, how he fell in love with his sister-in-law, the, of his dead wife's sister, and how, how that all moved and, and they overcame that, see? Say the vengeance was gone and he developed, he grew as a person. Ladies, I'm not going to leave you out on this either. My wife's favorite movie is a Sandra Bullock movie. It's called The Proposal. And the only way that I can describe Sandra Bullock's character at the beginning of the movie Is that, well, I can't really say the word. I mean, but she was, it, it, it rhymes with witch. And she, I mean, but her goal was to become an American citizen. And so, uh, so she decided to 
make this guy marry her. And in doing so, she had to go to Alaska and meet his family and all of that kind of stuff. See, the whole story of the movie, though, is not that finally she becomes an American citizen, but the change that takes place in her. You understand? You understand what I'm saying? You hearing me? See, see, God wants to build character into our lives. And that's what God wants to do with you. That's what he wants to do with me. That's what he wants to do in our church. When you get to heaven, you're not going to take your accomplishments with you. You're not going to take your, uh, your bank accounts with you. You're not going to take all of your awards with you. The only thing that you're taking with you to heaven is you and your character. And God is using all of this stuff to help build your character to what's going to fit in in heaven. Amen? And see, when we use these goals, when we set these goals for our lives, it's not that God wants us to actually, I mean, he does, I mean, but the main part is not accomplishing the goal. The main part is what God's going to do in your life as you seek to uh, fulfill those goals. The Apostle Paul said in the book of Philippians chapter 3 and verse 12, he says, it's not that I've already attained or that I'm already perfected. But he says, this one thing I do, I continue to press on that I may lay hold of that which Christ Jesus has laid hold of me. I want to grab hold of the very thing that God, very purpose, that God grabbed hold of me. Why did he grab hold of me? Well, Jesus said, I came that you might have life and have it more abundantly. And that's one, re he really does want that for you. He wants you to have life and he wants it, you to have it more abundantly. But if that's the only purpose for getting saved, then why doesn't he just kill us as soon as we get saved and take us to heaven? But that's not what he does. He leaves us here because he's got other things for us to do. And what are those other things? To go make disciples, bring them into the church, and teach them to observe all things that I've commanded you. Goals help us they're spiritual disciplines. They help us focus our energy. They stretch our faith. They build our character. And goals give us hope. You know, you have to have, you have, to have hope to live. Don't you know that? When people, when people give up hope, that's when they're in real danger. You need to have, I mean... I think science will tell us that we can live for a long time without food. I know people live 40 days without food. Some people 50 or 60 days without food. You can live a long time without food. You can live three or four days without water. You can live four or five minutes. I mean, unless you really train hard. You can live four or five minutes without air. But folks, listen to me. Without hope, what good is life? Huh? What, what are we reaching for? What are we living for? It brings hope into our lives. Now, I, 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 I've gone a long time this morning trying to give you reasons 
Why we need to set goals. Now, I want to challenge you to set goals. I'm not talking about New Year's resolutions. I'm talking about goals with some parameters around them so that we can measure them and see how well we're doing and see what God wants to do in us and through us. I can't make goals for you, but I, I, I've got some suggestions. I'm talking about spirit goals, faith goals. Not that you walk 4,000 steps a day. That's not what I'm talking about. Not that you earn a million dollars by the time you're 20. That's not the kind of goals I'm talking about. I'm talking about faith goals that make a difference in your life spiritually. How about, how about, how about Bible reading? How about, how about, you know, the Bible? We need to go into the Word every day. If you don't read your Bible every day, why don't you consider, just consider, setting a goal that this year I'm going to read my Bible every day. And, and you know, some people have no idea where, I mean, some people say, well, I want to read the Bible through this year. And a lot of people do that. Some people say, well, I, I mean, there are 1,189 chapters in the Bible. Some people say, there's just no way I can get through the Bible. And, okay, then don't set that goal. How about reading the New Testament? Read the New Testament this year. Read it through. Uh, okay, okay, I don't know, but I don't know where to start. Well, you can start in the Gospel of John. That's where I'd start. I, to me, that's the most important. <laughs> All of them are important. But start reading in the Gospel of John, and then go to the book of Acts, and then go back to the beginning and work your way through. Maybe set a goal of just trying to read through the New Testament. Or, or if that's not, I need something more disciplined, Pastor. Well, there are a lot of, uh, places you can get a, uh, a Bible study, you know, Bible reading outline, you know, where they'll give you what verses, chapters and verses to read each day to read the Bible through, to read the New Testament through. Or how about this? How about just, how about just reading one chapter a day? I'm not talking about looking on your, on, uh, your app on your phone and they give you a verse of the day. I'm not, uh, that's good, and I, I'm not saying anything bad about that. But how about just, how about setting a goal to read one chapter a day to get a little bit more in depth? Start in a book and take one chapter a day till you finish, and then go to the next book and start one chapter a day. Until you, how, about, how about setting a goal to reading the Bible every day or having a prayer time? Having a prayer time every day, that's another, that's another goal. Where you go to the Lord every day. And, and boy, I love our prayer chain, but I'm not talking about being a part of the prayer chain. And just, well, whenever it dings, you look at it and say, oh, Lord, I pray for them. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about spending some time. I don't know how long. That's up to you. Could be... Two minutes, could be five minutes, but take some time. Every, and I know everybody's busy. But we spend more time deciding what we're going to drink for lunch than two minutes. Just spend a couple of minutes and go to the Lord and, and commune with Him. That'll make a difference in your life, I promise you. Some people, and I'm a preacher, I'm a pastor, i got to say it, some people need to tithe. If you're not tithing, why don't you consider tithing? Be Becoming a tither. I mean, the Bible commands us to do that. If you're not a tither, why don't you consider becoming a tither? And you say, well, I just don't know if I could do 10%. Well, what are you doing now? Give a couple bucks, $10, whatever it is. How about, 
going to a percentage thing, but only do 1% if you have to start doing it. And then next year, maybe go it up. If that, if that goes well, I believe, honestly and truly, I cross my heart, I believe this, you can do better actually on 90% than you can 100%. I believe God will honor it that way. But if, if you're not there in your relationship with him, say, okay, I'm just going to do 1%. And every time I get a paycheck, I take 1% of that and, or go up to 2% or 5%, whatever it is, and just try that. Set a goal for yourself and see if God doesn't honor it. I got, the, I got these. I wrote them down. I love it that I'm, I'm becoming more tech-savvy. I wrote these down on my notebook in my iPad. It's got a note thing. Type these things in, and then I sent it to my printer, and it printed it off for me. How about being more consistent in church attendance? You know, some people, some people, they may come to church, Oh, they might come to church once every two or three weeks or once a month or something like that. How about setting a goal about being at church more often than we are right now? Being regular in church than we are right now. And hey, hey, if we come to church, how about setting a goal that this year I'm going to start going to Sunday? I mean, if you're going to be coming anyway, come a little bit earlier and go to, go to Sunday school because that's where the real teaching is taking place. That's where the real relationships begin to form. Some people I've heard say, well, I've been to that church for five years and I don't know hardly anybody in there. I said, you don't know your Sunday school class? I said, oh, well, I don't go to Sunday school. I just, I just come to the worship service. That's where you really start to develop your relationships or in Sunday school, in a small group. So, so maybe, 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 if you can't come every time, just, I got to grow into that, Pastor. I just can't. All right. Every other Sunday, when you start getting involved in it, you know what's going to happen? You're going to find yourself going a little bit more regularly, and a little bit, and God doing something in your life for having been in that Sunday school class. How about, uh, Sharing your faith. We all have people. I bet you everybody in here knows somebody that needs to come to know Jesus as their Lord and Savior. Maybe in that prayer time, that couple of minutes or three minutes or whatever it is, in that prayer time, you start praying. Ask God to lay somebody on your heart that needs to come to know Jesus. And you start praying for that person and then start looking for opportunities that you might share your faith with that individual. You see? Oh, and I promise you, you lead somebody to Christ, it's going to make a profound impact on your life. Start sharing your faith. And by the way, while, while I'm talking about that, let me just share with you that on the weekend of March 20th, I don't know if we're going to do it Saturday or Sunday, but on the weekend of March 20th, I've got some people coming that are going to, that are going to teach us to help us become better at communicating our faith, giving us, showing us ways that we can. Because, see, this is the thing that a lot of people, a lot of people, I don't, I don't know how to get it started, you know. I don't know how to, I don't know how to open the door. He's going to come, fella, Steve and Ann Creighton. They were missionaries for years in Singapore, and. Uh, they both worked for the Sunday school board and the mission board, foreign mission board. They're coming on that, the weekend of March 20th to lead us uh, and train us in being more conversational in our witnessing so that we don't, you know, oh, somebody's preaching at me, shutting all the doors. He's going to teach us how to become more conversational in our witnessing. Uh, 
Let me, let me give you some. I, I just got three more and we'll be finished because I've set some goals for me and this church. And let me, let me tell you what it is. We're to make disciples, right? We're to, the purpose of our church is to make disciples, baptizing them and bringing them into the fellowship of the church and teaching them, discipling them all the things that God's commanded them. So I'm setting a goal for Hebron Baptist Church. And it's, it, it, it's not a big goal. I, I, I Maybe if I, if I do what I was preaching about just a few minutes ago, I'd set the goal at 100. So we'd have 100 baptisms this year. But the Bible also tells us not to, uh, what's the word? Not to tempt God. Test God. That might be test. So, let's say 20. Let's make a goal that we baptize 20 people this year. 2020. That's something we can look at come the end of December. We can look back and see how many people have we baptized and we'll know. Sometimes, hey, hey, we haven't baptized 20 in quite a while here. So let's, let's, let's set a goal that we baptize 20 people here at 74 in Sunday school. I know, I know, I, I can count probably 20 people that are out because of COVID. But folks, I really believe that we're getting through to, we're just about to the end of that. Not that, not that I won't be around. But the COVID that people are having now is nothing like what it was two years ago. It's more like a cold. I've talked with several people that are out right now, and it's more like a head cold. It's more, it's more just, they're a little weak, but it's more <coughs> congestion and, and that kind of thing. And they go get test, tested, and they have COVID, the Omicron or Omicron or whatever it is. But I believe we're coming to a place where we need to get back. We need to start living again. Amen? And I think we're getting to a place where we can do that. I mean, people still get the flu and they go about their business. People still get allergies and they go about their business. This is going to be around a while. But it's not as deadly as it once was. And we need to be about our getting back to living. So let's get our attendance. My goal doesn't have to be your goal. This is my goal for Hebron Baptist Church. Before, before COVID hit, we were running between 165, 175 every Sunday. My goal, not for tomorrow or next Sunday, but by the end of the year, that we be hitting back up 165, somewhere around there. 165, 170. That we get, to do that, we've got to be about, and, and, and we have lost some. We have lost several that won't be a part of that. So we're going to have to reach new people. But that's what our goal, that's what our purpose is. To make disciples. Amen? Baptizing them, bringing them into the church, teaching them. So 165. And I've got another goal. This may be a little bit more difficult. I've prayed about this. I've been thinking about it. I've been asking God's wisdom on this. But I believe with all my heart that if we are going to be the church that God wants us to be, if Hebron Baptist Church is going to be for the next 50 years what it has been for the last 50 years, we need to do something about that building again. And my goal is by the end of this year that we start construction on that building. We've talked about it for a couple of years now. 
If you aim at nothing, you'll hit it every time. Setting goals is a spiritual discipline. It builds our faith. It builds our character. It gives us hope. I want us to set a goal. My goal is, and I'm praying you'll join with me in this, that by the end of 2022, I'm not saying we'll be in it, but by the end of 2022, that we will have started on that new education building, that we can do, if we're going to make disciples, if we're going to baptize them and bring them into the church, if we're going to disciple them, teach them all the things that God has commanded us, we need to do something about our Sunday school. Now, is that a big order? Yeah, it is. But listen to the bottom half. And lo, I'll be with you always, even to the end of the age. God's not going to leave us. He's not going to forsake us. He's going to be there with us. If we try to set a goal that we know that we can already accomplish it, That's not a faith goal. That's a sight goal. We need to set a goal that is beyond us. That's what faith is all about. Let's start that out there. Amen? Let's pray together. Father, we thank you for today. We thank you for the blessings that you give us. We thank you, God, for uh, bringing us together here at Hebron Baptist Church, helping us to become who we are here at Hebron Baptist Church. I pray, God, that you go before us in all that we do. I pray, God, we seek to honor and glorify you, that we will do what you call us to do. And God, I just ask you, Father, to bless us and uh, lead us. For it's in Jesus' name I pray.